What if everything you thought and believed about successful buying, selling, and financing your home was wrong? Welcome to HomeWise with Michael Midget. This is where you can count on straightforward, objective advice on the right way to make the most out of every dollar you put into your home. Whether it's buying, selling, or financing, even maintaining and growing its value along the way. Coming to you from the News Talk STL studios at Union Station in St. Louis. Welcome to HomeWise. If this is your first time joining us, welcome aboard. We're glad you're here. I'm Stel Pontikas, the creator and host of HomeWise. Michael Midget. Michael, good to see you, buddy. Hey, good, Stel. How are you? Doing fine, thanks. What do How you got? your week? Oh, it was pretty good. Pretty good, thanks. Anything interesting happen? Well, you know what? Uh, on a realty note, this is just something I'm tossing out there. Uh, where we live, out in Washington, there's an empty lot next to us. Okay. That's that's on our block. We're right across from a park. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, they, no, it, the park part's good. But, yeah, they, yeah, we have a, a a really nice location for our home, but there happens to be an empty lot between us and the folks next door. And so my wife was thinking, maybe we should pursue trying to uh, uh, purchase that empty lot. It's got a ton of trees on there, and, and nothing's ever been built mm-hmm. on it. So uh, it, it's actually a, kind of a forest area between our two homes. And so that's something that we've I been thinking it. about. How big is it? Yeah, how big is it? Boy, I'm not like good. Acreage. I'm not good is on it. Is it a building lot? Like you'd put a house there? You could put a house or... on there, yes, definitely. I don't know what size lot you have out there if it's like a Just sub if it's a subdivision or if it's kind of a, a normal suburban, yeah, nineteen ninety four uh era. You got an acre, three acres, a tenth of an acre. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty small. <laughs> you know. We don't have much of a backyard. So we have uh okay. the house a ranch house. Okay. And uh kind of a small front yard and then a pretty small backyard. So uh, not not a very large okay. uh, part of... Uh, and this is a comparable... Comparable size. piece of yeah. parcel of land. And so we've been uh, thinking about that, and uh, the folks who own it live out of state. So I, I guess they moved sometime in the past few years, and uh, I believe they were the previous owners of the house that's on the other side. Okay. So Kathy was kind of interested in, in looking at it to uh, possibly buy it, not... To do anything with it necessarily, right. she likes the forest area right. being there, and so uh, that was one of the things we were so looking could, at. Yeah, so it could be a defensive move. Yes, because <laughs> to have somebody yeah. come in and right. uh, and build a house there, right. Kathy wouldn't be too thrilled. It's unlikely you're going to get hurt on it, meaning it's not going to you know go down in value. You know, as long as you're not overpaying for it today. So, um, I mean, obviously, somebody. It's going to look at it to buy it to build a home could justify paying more money for it than you could if your plan was to buy it and hold it as just because we don't want to have a neighbor that close on that side or something. You know, we like the trees or, you know, or whatever. But people have bought property for lesser reasons than that. That's true. (laughs) So, um, but no, you know, you can, you know, depending on, you know, depending on what they want for. I mean, obviously, you know, it always you know, comes down to price mm-hmm. is a, you know, you know, is a big determinant of that. Um, but as long as, you know, it's probably not, you know, you're probably not going to get hurt on it as long as you're not overextending yourself also. So, um, you know, so that, that was something that we were looking yeah, at over the yeah. past week. So it's interesting. What, what County are you in? Out it's Franklin, what? Franklin County. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so, a little bit of news from this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, last week, uh, HUD published um, their updated 
uh, figures for 2023 regarding area median incomes. Okay, so that's AMI for short. When I refer to AMI for the rest of this show, that's that's what I'm talking about. Um, so we're going to talk about those and obviously why they matter. And then we're also going to talk again about why it matters who you choose for your mortgage and your financing and why that matters. Turns out that the two are related to each other. So, um, but let's take a step back and let's bring this back into how things happen in real life. Okay. So let's say you're out looking for a house or you're thinking that you want to buy a house or you're thinking maybe we should move or whatever. And so you're getting to the point where you're either looking or going to start looking or you're talking with real estate agents because um, for you, that's where the process has started. And they say, hey, you need a pre-approval letter. And so your focus is on getting, getting that letter. And so you start to call around. Maybe the real estate agent gives you a referral. Maybe you know a guy or two. Maybe you have a neighbor, maybe you have a family member or whatever. And so you start to call around and ask some questions, you know, get some rates maybe. Um, honestly, at this point in the game, whatever they tell you isn't going to matter a whole lot because you're not at the point of locking in or you shouldn't be at the point of locking in. Mm. And that's really the point at which whomever it is that's giving you the rate quote is committed, right? And so when I talk about, you know, I... I I spend a lot of time talking about playing above board, transparency, uh, being honest, you know, um, because obviously all of those things matter. But there are certain, I guess, if you really know what you're doing, you know, if I wanted to be devious, for example, <laughs> um, I could when you talk to me, I could. And you and I know you're shopping around, right? Because you're not you're not at the point you don't have a house. You're not asking for um, a loan application technically or anything like that. And you ask me what my rates are. I can tell you anything. You're not going to be able to verify it. I don't really have to stand behind it, and so forth, because mm-hmm. I'm not giving you a loan estimate mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, even if I did give you a loan estimate, like if you asked for a loan estimate, and so then I'm, I guess I'm required to give you one, um, it wouldn't be a locked-in loan estimate. And the figures that I quote on that loan estimate after 14 days, I wouldn't have to stick to them, right? And it's unlikely that at that point you're going to run out, you know, find a house, need to do all this through the thing, and within 14, 14 days, especially in, you know, in today's market. And so point is, I could tell you, I could tell you anything. And I, there are loan officers out there that will do that. Okay. So, you know, you probably will just go with your realtor's recommendation. Um, it's easier that way. Nobody really wants to shop. Nobody wants to make all those calls, those uncomfortable calls, the things that you're not used to making. You don't really, you know, you might know what questions you want to ask, but Again, I just told you that you're not going to be able to determine if I'm really being above board or not, okay? All you're going to know is what I said compared to however many other calls that you make. Statistically speaking, most people don't make more than one. A small but measurable group make two. Almost nobody makes three, right? So we don't even get to the, you know, 
get three and take the one in the middle. Mm. And, uh, you know, those kind of strategies, mm-hmm. you know, that people will use in other, you know, you know, in other industries, other areas. Throw out the high and the low and go with the middle. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because, and see, that wouldn't even work here anyway, because you don't have a way to know if you're really getting apples to apples compared. Mm. Right. And most companies will play the game where they're trying to not they're trying to make it very difficult to make an apples to apples comparison. I know that because I will price shop secret shop the market myself. And see, I know all this stuff. I know the questions asked. I know where the levers are, the moving parts, what matters, what doesn't. And it's not always easy to make that apples to apples comparison. So when we get into this here in just a minute, I'm actually going to run through a little mini rate sheet. Okay. It's based on some figures I pulled earlier um, earlier in the week. So it's real, but it, it's outdated at this point, you know, cause it's Sunday and there are no, you know, I mean, you, technically you can lock in, but markets are closed and, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably not a great idea to lock in on a Sunday anyway, because most lenders, if they're aggressively priced to begin with, hedge themselves for the two days, Saturday and Sunday that the markets are closed just in case one of these UFOs actually does land. <laughs> and, <laughs> We can actually verify, like, you could go up and touch it, right? And so all holy breaks loose, and who knows what would happen in in that case, you know? Or Trump were to get in die. Oh, that, well, that already happened. Okay, so you see where I'm going with this, right? There's just, there is, there is risk out there that aggressively priced lenders don't have baked into their everyday rate, right? So when I'm out quoting rates, I'm quoting... The thinnest, the leanest, the most efficient, the best of the best, and ones that have no fat in there. When you do that, I can kind of tell that I'm with the right people because market small market moves re- result in rate sheet reprices for them multiple times during the day. So I know, like if the market made a move to the downside, right? So rates are going to get, the market just said rates are going to get worse, Okay. There is a lag effect with how quickly a lender will be will be forced to reprice themselves based on a number of factors way beyond the scope of what we're talking about here today. Um, but part of that factor is how much I guess fat they have they have built into it, right? So every lender has a profit margin built in there. The thinner that is, the e- the quicker that gets eaten up on market moves, so they have to reprice faster. Mm. So mm-hmm. the lenders that I deal with, because I'm a broker, so I have a dozen or so that I have contracts with that I regularly work with. So I monitor them. I'm, I monitor them along with the whole market, so I know how they're doing in relationship to the market. I know how the market is doing as, at a whole, as a whole. Not only because I'm watching bond prices, but I'm also watching lender reprices and all that along, you know, along the way. So in this big chaotic kind of amorphous jungle of figures and charts and information and news and all these things, at the end of the day, somebody comes in and like, hey, I want to buy a house. What, you know, you know, what's my rate? Not because they're sitting there with a spreadsheet and they're taking it down, but what they really want to know is, you know, what's my payment going to be? And for the most part, they don't mean like, okay, get me down to the one hundredth of a percent of a of a thing, so I know like exactly, exactly. I just 
you know, like, are we going to be seven or eight? You know, like, I heard they're at seven. Are they up to eight now? Did they go down to six yet? I'm like, well, those are Herculean, like, movements. They don't move like that. I will talk a lot about markets move. Oh, they went to the downsides. We're going to be worse off today. But when I tell you, like, when I when I work that back out in the form of, well, here's your rate now or here's your cost. See, it's because it's got to be cost in combination with the rate. Otherwise, both of them are meaningless. Um, it doesn't feel or look hardly like a movement, right? Because, and I'm, cause I'm way more sensitive to the movements than what, what most, you know, than what most people are. So, but when you go and you start to call around and what are large changes don't seem very large because they don't affect payment very much, you get confusion, right? So... Part of that is multiple rates, multiple options. It's difficult to compare both because just the complexity of the industry itself, but also because of lender doing this on purpose. All right. So let's talk just a minute about revisit for a moment because we've talked about it on shows before, how rates, how rates work, mortgage prices work, things like that. So on, on any given day at any given time, um, there is there is a rate, okay? Well, there's no one rate. There's a rate associated with a price. So there's a range of rates. Um, each rate has a corresponding price to it, all right? So when I say price, you think points, okay? That's, that's what points are. So points are the price or the cost for that, for that particular rate. So when you say, what's, what's your rate today? Well, I mean, technically... You know, if I'm being a nerd, if I'm being a nerd about it, <laughs> what rate do you want? You know, and, you know, some loan owners, well, that's going to be my strategy. When they call and they want me, they want, you know, they want to know what rates are. I'm going to respond with, well, what rate do you want? Because I could get you any rate that you want almost because there's a rate, you know, and I'm going to, it's like the three card Monty thing. You know, it's like, I'm going to, you know, throw confusion at them so that it frustrates them. And then they'll just, they'll just go with whatever you say. Yeah, like stop and they'll let me just kind of take control, right? You can do that. It it works. I've seen it I've seen it work before. Incredibly taxing on the salesperson though or the loan officer. Um it's also taxing on the caller or the buyer. You know, a confused buyer is not a buyer that's going to work with you or close, right? They they're confused, they can't make a decision, they they move on. So, but each, each rate, it's a range of rates. Um, on the day that I looked at this, it ranged anywhere from 5% even all the way up to 8%. That's a massive, that's a massive range. What it takes to get that five is incredibly expensive. In fact, it's probably more points than you would be allowed to pay. Okay. Um, at the same time, um, it's incredible. You don't get a whole lot of credit for that eight percent rate, okay? So, and what it what what it does to the payment, you know, when you're looking at what you're getting in return, as you get to those extremes, it just doesn't make it doesn't make financial sense. So, when you hear me talk about efficiency, when you hear me talk about, um, in a minute here, we're going to talk about the sweet spot. Um, that's, that's what I'm looking for. That, that, that most efficient or best efficient that's within the realm of possibility for that optimal rate and price. So what rate am I going to get? 
how much am I going to pay for it? What what that what that combination would be? So, um, as I said, this is where it gets hairy. So, and I and I also said we were I was going to give you a mini a mini rate sheet. So, um, why don't we do this? Let's let's go to break, and when we come back, we will I will go through what those numbers are. And then we'll talk about the implications and then how and why you work through this and, and all of that. That sounds good. You're listening to HomeWise. That's Michael Midget. I'm Stal Pontikas, and we will return right after this quick break. Welcome back to HomeWise. I'm Stal Pontikas with the host and creator of the show, Michael Midget. Michael, continue your conversation. All right, Stell, thanks. If you're just joining us, we are talking about, well, we're talking about lots of things. We were talking about Stell's going to buy this lot next to him, so now <laughs> we're committing him to that. Um, <laughs> yes. So his wife can thank me here so she gets <laughs> to keep her trees, um, which that's important. You know, the aesthetics, the, you know, I throw a lot of numbers at at things, uh, always breaking it down to figures and spreadsheets and that. And I know that's not how the average normal everyday person looks at things. Um, you know, they look at it as far as can I do this? Is it going to work? Is it going to hurt me? What they're really focused on is the 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 feeling, right? The feeling owning your own house, Um what does it look like? How does it feel? They're raising the family there. It's where it's it's home base. It's the nest. It's all of those things. When you look out your kitchen window, when you walk around the side of your house, what you see is important. You know, so some people like you get to look at nature, mm-hmm. and 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 then what amounts to an empty building lot with some trees in it. Some people look at trees in that, but she probably looks at that and hears the birds and sees the green grass and the and the the you know seeing winter turn into spring and the trees bloom i don't know what kind of trees are there but um you know maybe at christmas time you decorate if they're evergreen i don't know but it point is that there's there's more to it than just the numbers let me look at the numbers i'll work the numbers out for you i will assume you know, through questioning and getting to know you, getting to know your scenario, your situation. That's why I ask so many questions. I will get a feel for what is important to you, what's not. And then I will man, you know, the the co-pilot seat and watch the figures so that if you want, you can focus on the fun stuff. You know what I mean? So, but that, you know, you know, that's all, you know, that's all important too. Uh, but at some point, we do have to pay attention, pay attention to the figures. And I know that if you look at, um, you know, digital searches and inquiries online, um, you know, just empirically over the years from taking, talking to so many bars, taking calls and that, what everyone wants to know is they want to know about interest rates. So we're going to talk about how interest rates work, including um, earlier this week when I made a little mini rate sheet. So if somebody would, you know, if you called me up and just said, I just want to know what your rates are. Okay. I can, I'm going to, I'm going to quote you some example rates here. They're not available anymore, but they were available this week. What I can tell you is that no matter what day you come to me, whether it's early in the day or late in the day, earlier in the week, late in the week, if it's early in your process or late in your process, you get the same 
mentality quoting this, meaning if I'm competitive today, I'm going to be competitive tomorrow. I'm going to be competitive at the beginning. I'm going to be competitive at the end. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to lowball you up front. And then, you know, once I got you in and you really like, I got you on the hook good. And like, it would be extremely painful for you to shift and get away. Then all of a sudden I'm going to decide to not be competitive. Okay. Don't do that. It's ignorant. It's rude. It's messing with people's minds. Don't do that. All right. I certainly don't don't do that. People need to have confidence in this process. Yeah, trees are pretty, grasses grass is green, the houses are beautiful and that, but you can ruin those experiences if when you wake up every day you look at it and you're like, you think of me. Because I because because I did something that was underhanded mm-hmm. to you, right? Mm-hmm. So I I don't want to be that guy, but don't let yourself become the victim of that person okay and then you know you know and that's important so um but let's get to it here all right so if you call me up you ask me what my rate is right i could quote i well what what rate do you want what rate do you want to hear it's not the answer that's really not the question you're asking me i know from experience what you are asking me which is what's my rate with no points all right, so on this particular day, I would coach you 6.875%, 6 and 7 eighths percent. If I'm playing fair, I'm also going to have to quote you an APR at that same time. That'd be 6.917% APR. APR, annual percentage rate, that's your interest rate reflected in context of uh, what the rate is with the associated costs that fall under the prepaid interest umbrella. None of this means anything to you. It's intended to be a figure to help equate one loan quote to another loan quote, but it has limitations. Mm. And if I know what I'm doing, I can play to those limitations to either minimize or maximize what that number is based on what I think might serve my needs best. So, for example, if you come to me, you asked me what my rate was, but you didn't say what your loan amount was. Okay. Well, exact same down payment, exact same FICO score, exact same loan. Everything is exactly the same in every respect, except if your loan amount is 100000 or if your loan amount is 700000 same note rate, different APR. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Well, because there are costs on there that are fixed that play into that APR. So they're the same on a $100,000 loan as they would be on a $700,000 loan. And so on the $100,000 loan, there's going to be a larger APR spread between your note rate and your APR than it would be at the 700. So what lenders will do is they will go and first off, they'll publish their rate. It looks like a good low rate. You read the fine print, you'll see that you got to have a 40% down payment for that, pay three points, and it's on a loan amount of 726000 blah, 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 right? So basically, you'd have to be buying a $1.5 million house. Right. So in St. Louis, if you're trying to buy a one point five million dollar house, you know, like, OK, then you could you, you could get that rate. If you're familiar with this market, then you probably know that there are some of those, but there's not a lot of those. And it would certainly be out of the realm of what would be considered average, typical or uh, normal mm-hmm. for the area. Right. So there's not a whole lot of those transactions going on more than you might think there are. OK, but it's not the norm. Right around here, I think last figure I saw for St. Charles County, 
um, right at 400,000, which is incredible because not too many years ago, it was 300 and something like lower 300. So mm. we're getting good appreciation. But when you, you know, when you get to be my age and you start thinking about what homes are, what, you know, like, oh, what, what, what does a nice home cost, you know, for 400,000? I could get a really, really nice, really nice home, right? Well, I mean, you can get a nice home for that today, but 400 doesn't buy you what it bought you, would have bought you 10, 15, 20 years, 20 years ago. Why? It's called inflation. See, there's that word again. So not only does it drive rates up, it drives prices of everything up, including real estate. So real estate just bears the double brunt of that because you have the higher prices and the increases in interest rate and increases in insurance and taxes and maintenance and all the other upkeep around that. So that's why it becomes one of your most costly assets, one of your biggest investments. And also the reason why it's so important to pay attention to all of these things, to do what you can to minimize what those costs are moving forward. Because every dollar that you don't have to spend on that is a dollar you can keep in your pocket. Same house, mm-hmm. not going to, how much you spend for it, is it gonna, isn't going to affect the rate at which it appreciates, uh, but it will affect how much equity that represents in your personal financial picture when you, um, when you retire and up to retirement and then past retirement. And if you believe the same thing I believe, which is family home is going to be, play a major role in, a lot of people's ability to provide for themselves in retirement as an active retirement income vehicle, whether that's through a reverse mortgage or through some type of active uh, investment or money producing and growing activity that's tied to uh, the financing of the home, not just the owning of the property, meaning don't try and hurry up and pay it off as fast as you can so it can just sit there and we can live in it and can do what houses have done forever. But you're going to need to take advantage of the special types of finance. I mean, a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is a very special kind of loan. Just ask Warren Buffett. He believes it's the best investment for middle-class family, right? Buy a family, buy a middle, buy a home, finance it with a 30-year fixed mortgage. You know what your costs are going to be moving forward. It's almost guaranteed over the long haul to go up in value. You're almost guaranteed to make money for it, especially compared to the alternative, which is rent, because you have to live somewhere, right? So anyway, getting back to the rate quoting thing, come to me, 0, 6.875, okay? And that's what it, and that's what people want to know. But if you're willing to pay a point, I can get you all the way down to six and a quarter, okay? And if you're willing to pay two points, I can get you down to 5.875. So for two points, you can get into the fives. Now, a lot of people people have been thinking, oh, when we hit the fives, I'll be able to refinance. I can refinance that buy-down out of there, you know? And so when other people are talking about needing to do temporary buy-downs, to get to where they need to be to make it affordable and then play the race game where, no, not that one, <laughs> the one that you hear on every other station and every other show and every other thing, but the race against time mm-hmm. or I need to refinance before this buy-down runs out because my payment's getting ready to go up. When the other guys are playing the temporary game for about the same amount of money, 
I'm playing a permanent game. And there's no time clock on that. There's no ticker. You won't need to refinance as soon with me as you would with them. And you're getting that initial benefit from day one instead of having to wait and have that stress and all of that. Okay. So for two points, you get down and you can get, you can get down into the fives. Now, but Mike, nobody, who wants to pay two points? Well, guess what? Some lenders, when you go to them, are not priced as competitively because they're not as efficient, because they're larger, because they have branch networks and middle management and whole lots of that thing called overhead. Remember, mm. so last week we were talking about self-employed. What's that, that bad word mm-hmm. um, when you're in business for yourself called overhead? Well, they have lots of overhead. Um, so because of the way, see, I didn't go backwards the other direction on this, is if you wanted to get a credit from me and go go and, and, and like get a point credited to you, say so like to pay for some of your closing costs, you'd go from 6.875 up to 7.375, okay? Now that's a big jump going backwards like that. It's a big jump going backwards from six and a quarter to 6.875. See, all of these are fairly big jumps because of where I'm at in the, in, you know, in the yield curve. And I promise I wasn't going to say a word, but it slipped out. So I'm sorry. <laughs> that won't happen again. But yeah, there is a bond yield curve, right? And then you can put it on a chart and you can look at, okay, you know, rate price here, rate price here, rate price here. And you can look at, the shape of that, and by looking at that visually, it's a lot easier to see than me talking through all of this. But um, you'll be able to see where that where that sweet spot is. So with me, you can reach that sweet spot with one point, but with them, pretty much the next best, you know, national like well known big big option is going to be two national banks, Wells and Bank of America. Okay. Um, they're the closest, but they're not close. Okay. Um, I'm at least a point better than both of those. All right. So if you were looking at, and it's really hard, like you, it's really hard to go out and find a, an option where they aren't quoting points because that rate looks so bad. Um, I used to do it. Mm. Now, as far as zero point rates go, it's very competitive. But when I was, you know, because I don't, before I was scouring everything and trying to figure out, like, why are people saying my rates sound high? Why are people saying my rates sound high? Well, so I had to go look a few times. And yeah, there, yeah, it is, it is a little bit higher. Well, why would you go with me over him? Right. Because you should, you know, once you figured everything else out, it's drill down on rate. Well, See, look, read right here what by the fine print. How much are you putting down? Well, we want to put down, we're just going to put, we're going to put down 20%. We don't have PMI, you know, none of that nonsense. Like, I know, but read, see this right here? This is 40% down. That's 220s. <laughs> 220s. Um, and, and see this thing right here, 2.625% origination. Okay. They called it an origination fee on there. I know mm-hmm. that's code for points, mm. right? Um, it's a fee that you're going to have to pay. To get that rate. Well, if you put 40 down with me and then you want to do that same pricing combination, then here's my rate, right? And we might be like an entire percent lower on that. It's like, it, you know, the difference is just like, you know, like insane. 
And, mm-hmm. but when I'm able to have that conversation, I'm able to sit down and show somebody that, um, it's, it, you know, it's easy to see, but how many times does that, do I not get that chance? Because we never got to the point where we were having that conversation because I got single, I got, I got excluded from the conversation prior, prior to that. So I've gone to quoting more aggressive, but um, still doable, doable options. And then in the context of that, kind of giving like, okay, here, you know, here, here's where you'd be if we were, you know, you know, if we were going to do, you know, pay for your closing costs, right? So you'd have a no closing cost option. And here's your zero point, which is like neutral. You know, you're not getting anything for it, but you're not giving up anything for it. And that's where we end up. And then if you let me do the work to spreadsheets and do the calculations and the figures and that, this combination right here is the best financial choice to make. Um, if your goal is to just most efficient borrowing combination right here. Mm-hmm. And right now with the way rates are, with the way that yield curve looks, it's right at one point. Okay. So my goal was to... Well, you know, I mean, most people don't want to pay a point. Some people don't have the option to pay a point, but the thinner I can make my margins, the lower I can make my compensation, the more aggressive and that I can massage this thing. I can pull money from other places, right? So let's go get a title company that has that same mentality to it. And let's go and build a process that is conducive to this. It gets you closer and closer and closer to that optimal combination without you having to go in your pocket and get it out. And because it doesn't work very well in this market at all, without you having to go to the seller and ask for it. Okay? Mm -hmm. Well, technically, by definition, this is all, I'm talking about a permanent buy-down. Okay? So don't get lost in that comparison when I say temporary it's not bad or good it just it is what it is and but i prefer this version of it yeah i prefer a different version of it for all the reasons that i've that i've said but i'm also building that option because we're trying to get there without pulling additional money out of your pocket because given you know when you're looking at all, all of your situations you're comparing one to another. If I'm cheaper in these other in these other ways, then that's money you would have spent. It's found money. It's free money. We can put it to a better use, and not only you know like just build a better build a better, more efficient transaction for you. So mm-hmm. we will. Um, let's go to break, and we'll continue with the uh, the next interesting piece of this, which is the EMI piece. Okay, you're listening to Homewise. It's Michael Midget. I'm Stal Pontikas. Glad that you're along for the show this week. And we will return in a moment. Welcome back to HomeWise. I'm Stal Pontikas with the host and creator of the show, Michael Midget. Michael, continue your conversation. Thanks, Stal. So if you're just joining us, we just had a really heavy, heavy segment uh, heavy on figures. I know figures are difficult to do. Uh, they're, I mean, they're difficult to do face to face anytime, right? But in, even uh, more, 
even harder on the radio, right? Because this is just audio. Even if you're watching us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, I don't have visual aids here, right? So what you can do is if you're listening to us on the podcast, there's this pause button. You can rewind and go back. You can listen to it. Um, if you're catching us on in the car, um, just find us online, homewiseradio.com, uh, goshelter.com for the mortgage website. Uh, you can call or text me, 314-275-0314. I'll answer any question for you. Um, in addition to, um, I started to give you a rate sheet. If I'm playing above board, full transparency, there are some additional is some additional information you need to go along with that to be able to to you know to do that. Um, I did give the APRs, but there's still some more additional information. But because we're in an audio format, um, I can give you an 800 number to call if you want to get the rest of that. I can tell you above board. There's no funny business going on. You don't have to be have three arms. Call me on a Tuesday afternoon, and when the moon, you know, like none of that crazy stuff. It's just, it's straight, it's straightforward. It's transparent. If I say no points, it's like literally like no points. I didn't rename anything to call it something else. We don't charge processing fees. We don't charge origination. I mean, it's just, it's just flat straightforward. Okay. But that toll free number, if you need more, it's the same one you hear at the end of every show, 888-497-2558. It gets you to the same spot. You might have to hit a couple other buttons to get through to me, but, um, it gets you into, into my company there. All right. So we went through what that rate sheet was 6.875 and zero, 6.25 and one point. If you want to get a one point credit, you'd have to take the rate up to 7.375. These are live rates earlier in the week. They're not live now. Um, there's a new set of them, but if the market moved like a certain proportion wise, then these would be that same proportion higher. They're not going to go up because, oh, well, now I got a real one here, you know, or they're great today, but they're not great at the end of the process. But the market is the same, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, sometimes the market will move between the time we initially quote and then when, you know, when we get into it, by the way, if that happens and I'm not able to deliver, you know, like if you, if I quote on day one and now 23 days later, I don't hear anything from you. All of a sudden you show up and you want to know what rates are like, well, I give you the quote. Oh, these are different. Well, here's 23 days of market movement. Here's the proof that it's, I mean, I, cause I know because I have all these margins programmed in spread use technology. We're fast, we're simple, we're straightforward, we're transparent. You're going to see hear everything. If you think I explain a lot here, <laughs> you know, it just gets, you know, not worse in a bad way, but it, like if you are, if you like to be educated, if you like to have confidence in your decisions, then you will like dealing with me. If you don't, you can try telling me, Mike, I don't want to hear any of that. I'll do my best to not educate you and try to keep you informed. But I will be honest with you, I do kind of have a problem with that, right? So if you're the kind of person that just can't, tune me out you know if i start to go too far then you know we might not we might not be a good fit by the way i haven't met that person yet but i have to imagine that they're out there somewhere because i mean we're getting ready to see little green men walking around here (laughs) i keep you know that's just a fascinating it's a fascinating story it's been around forever but it seems to be getting more real but we're also getting 
closer to a presidential cycle. So you kind of have to wonder, like, you know, is this a misdirect? Is it, re you know, like, I don't, I mean, it's just. You know what I find fascinating, and we're going into a, ra I don't want to go into rabbit trail here <laughs> on you, but since you're going to say UFOs really quickly, crop circles, crop circles, <laughs> speaking of property, you know, crop circles are fascinating to me because there are no exits or entrances. So it's obviously something from the air that's causing it. And what is creating the crop circle? Or underneath. Or underneath, maybe. But the, the fact that, uh, you know, the... You know, you know, you know what makes crop circles? Roundup. Roundup. <laughs> yes. Roundup would cause crop circles. That could be. That's, what, that's just a yeah, devil's advocate, yeah. right? Okay. But the, the fact that the corn is bent and not broken, and in some crop circles, they're weaved together. There's a, there's a whole aspect there that fascinates me, too, and I wonder... You know what? There's something extraterrestrial going on here. You sound like you know a thing or two about that. They they, they just show up out of nowhere. You know, and, we could do a we could do a whole show on it. We could. I mean, we could do a whole. You could do a whole. <laughs> you could do a whole podcast, like a whole like thing. It could be a whole channel. Yes, there definitely. Are, there are whole channels about that. Oh yeah, we're, yeah. We're so to get back on track, right I'm now. sorry, I didn't mean to. Hey, no problem. Distract you. So we were talking about rates and endpoints and that, and mm -hmm. one of the things. Earlier um, last week, HUD came out with new area median income things. So mm -hmm. Fannie and Freddie have uh, affordable lending, affordable housing programs. If you make less than a certain percentage of your areas, and it goes by county, make less than a certain percentage of your area's AMI, area median income, then you qualify for one of like Fannie has their version is called Home Ready. Uh, Freddie has their version called Home Possible. Um, you you would qualify to buy under one of those one of those two programs if you make less than um, eighty percent of the eighty uh, percent of the AMI. Hmm. And around here, let's just call that um, eighty percent is is about eighty thousand. A hundred percent of AMI or the average the AMI that HUD's determined for this area. You know, St. Louis County, St. Charles County, um, Franklin County. I'm not sure. It might be a little different. Um, Jefferson? I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. You know what? I, I haven't looked at those recently, mm -hmm. so I, I, I haven't looked at them since last week. I just wanted to get the new numbers because they go, they, you know, they go up a little bit every year. And uh, so they're up to 80000 and 100000 this year and so and there are other percentage available for other things because HUD uses this for a lot of things but for what we're going to talk about here in just a minute those are the two thresholds that are going to be that are going to be important okay so just real quick if you so now think back a few a few weeks ago when we were talking about the story where Fannie and Freddie um, revamped their matrix of loan level pricing mm -hmm. adjustments, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just real quick, those are the adjustments that occur on a loan-by-loan -loan basis when the loan's delivered to the agency for purchase from your funding lender. Um, primarily, that's where the risk-based pricing takes place, FICO score and down payment. There are other factors, but those are the two big ones um, that are worth focusing on here. How much is added to the rate it's actually a price, but it equates to rate because people can only pay so much. Um, what that, what essentially what that rate add-on ends up being when that when that you know when that loan is delivered. Okay, so the rates I gave you earlier are we're not 
the affordable housing rates. They, those were just, hey, I make a bunch of money or I'm buying an, an average ordinary house. By the way, you can buy an average ordinary house with these programs, but um, you just have to make less than that. But but those rates I quoted you were for, let's say you make 120000 okay? And you're buying a four hundred thousand dollar house. You're going to put down twenty thousand, so it's a three hundred twenty thousand dollar loan. See, now we're starting to get into some of that extra information you would get in the fine print if you were to call it. Some of it, but not all of it. Um, you would those those are the rates that I would quote you. Okay. Now I didn't go see what I would quote you if once we get in the conversation. See, because you probably wouldn't call up and say. Hey, I make less than X number of percent of the AMI. I want to do that affordable housing program from Fannie Mae or <laughs> Freddie Mac. And it's called this, you know, like, I, I mean, I guess I could get that call, but I would have to ask where, you know, like you've talked to somebody else before, haven't you? Tell me what happened. Why didn't they want to do, you know, like, okay. Anyway, um, see, we try to make this funny and light and uplifting, even though it's such a heavy, like, because if somebody came to you, subject, yeah, with all that lingo, be like me walking up to you with all that lingo, and you would think, huh, who'd you talk to before you came to me? So I understand that totally. Well, you know what? And sometimes, see, that's, that is, if I'm doing my job, that is some of what I, what I need to do. Because if you've talked to, let's say you've talked to six other lenders, and none mm-hmm. of them would do your loan. Mm. You think that's something that I would want to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they could have just all been idiots or not known what they were doing or asked the wrong questions or maybe for whatever reason they weren't a good fit or, you know, or whatever. Um, or maybe not even all of them turned you down, but you just turned some of them down because there was something not a good fit there. In addition to all the other, like the technical, like legal things that I, that, you know, that I have to, you know, that I have to do. If I'm going to work well for you and with you, I would need to know what happened there just to see. Maybe I, maybe we can make this a short conversation. Maybe we need to make this conversation about something that it would, other than what it would normally be because there's an issue. Maybe it's a loan or lending issue. Maybe it's a person issue. You know, maybe who knows, who knows what it is, but it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth having a conversation about or talking about. Right. So, but yeah. They don't call up and, you know, and ask all of those things. It's my job to look at this and see, oh, you know what? You make $79,500, you know, or let's say, you know, we get to the point where where I'm getting the initial information and he says he makes 80. Like, oh, okay, you're right on the, you're right on, you're right on the cusp there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, well, do you make 80 or do you make 79.5? Do you make 81.1? See, because it matters. Mm. So that number that that number I gave you, 80,000, is really not 80,000. It's $80,640. If you make $80,641, no bueno, no good. Mm. You don't qualify for that. If you make $80,639, $2 difference. What's that equate to over the course of a year? Like six cents a day? Maybe mm. probably not even that, like less less than a penny a day or something like that. It makes a difference. Here's why. Because if I can fit you into home ready or home possible, I get to make those loan level pricing adjustments mm. go away. 
Mm -hmm. Remember those things that get added onto the loan when the loan gets delivered to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that's based on your credit and your income? I'm sorry, your credit mm -hmm. and your down payment? Threshold based on income, right? But that was the that was the qualifier that we used to get to get to this point. Um, if I can fit you into that, I can make the loan level pricing adjustments go away. Well, depending on your where you fit in that matrix, how much was being added into that loan rate that you would have been quoted had you not fit into the that affordable program? Um, for purpose, I mean, it could be anything. It could be as little as zero. So if you're putting down forty percent, and you and it's that across the board, um, then you'd have no loan level pricing adjustment, and it wouldn't benefit you at all. But those programs aren't designed for people putting down forty percent. They're designed to for people to put down three to five percent. Mm. Well, now see, so it used to be if you were putting down three to five percent, you had this big massive loan level pricing adjustment. So home ready, well, okay, if we can fit you into this, we're not going to charge the lender for these charge for these extra add-ons when they when they deliver the loan. Okay. So it, remember it's not Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac charging you directly. It's they charge the lender when they when they deliver the loan. So if I'm a lender and I can fit this into home ready or home possible, but let's say I don't write it up front as home ready or home or let's say I don't tell you that I do. So would you do you, so you didn't even know what those programs are, were you? No, technically, right, right, no. Right, right. I could tell by your facial. So I have the right. ability, I have the advantage of being able to watch your facial expression as I'm as I'm talking to you, not having dealt with Freddie Mac right, or Fannie. Right. So, if I just never even brought those words up, but I could write the loan as home ready or home possible, get the discount from Fannie and Freddie when I deliver the loan. But who says I delivered you that same benefit through to the other side? Mm-hmm. See what I mean? You'd never know. No. Maybe the loan officer doesn't even know. So inexperienced loan officer doesn't see this, writes it up this way, but the underwriting manager does. Mm -hmm. He or she is, you know, in tune with or working with the capital market capital market. Yeah, capital markets manager, mm -hmm. um, right? Because if you're, if this is a lender that underwrites all this, keeps all this, you know, in house, and you know, and does all those things, they have all this under under one roof. So they would technically, they would have the ability to do this. The reason I know this is a thing because I watched it happen one time, mm. one time. Furious, furious. I walked. Mm. I walked away from like because if you can't if you don't believe in where you work, who you work for, how in the world can you think that you're going to do well for your for your buyers, for your client, for your borrowers? Mm -hmm. This is their house. This is their biggest thing. So if I can fit you into home ready or whatever, it, let's say it works out to a point. OK, so we already talked about what that point is worth. 6875 versus 625 versus 5875, you can get down to that 625 and not have to pay that one point if you're with me. But if you're with the other lender who's not as efficient and maybe they're not even passing on all of that benefit to you, um, you might not end up end up solo there. 
but let's 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 jump ahead a little bit and let's say that um look at the difference between on that loan I you know on that loan I showed you talking talking about 320,000 the difference between 6875 and 6 and a quarter is $132 a month mm-hmm. all right that's big sure is loan decisions get made based on numbers much smaller than that mm. okay now some people will move heaven and earth they'll make they some people will make lots and lots of calls and negotiate and and do do all of that to save half half that amount what you really could do by just making a call to me in this case but mm-hmm. by paying attention and looking at all this okay so that $132 a month if you were going to um just say I don't care about that you know I'll just I'll just take the other thing cuz I can afford it well if you take that 132 and you reinvest it back into the loan you'll save yourself 120,000 over the term on a $400,000 house it's over 25% of the value mm. Um, or knock five years off your loan, mm-hmm. right? People will do the bi-weekly thing to knock seven. You can knock five off and um, without even prepaying um, anything beyond what you would have paid, right? So all of this benefit is coming from shopping for your settlement services, shopping for your lender, or letting going with the right lender and letting them shop the market for you. So... When you come to me, I don't, if I put you in a home ready or if I don't, um, be either because I consciously didn't do that or because I didn't know any better, I don't benefit either way. I make the same amount. Good loan, bad loan, low credit, high credit, doesn't matter. I always end up in the same place. I'm indifferent. So um, the point is just do yourself a favor, pay attention, and... Um, Call, let's have a conversation about it. Yeah, definitely. So um, homewiseradio.com, as always, this episode, previous episodes, um, my mortgage website, goshelter.com, you can re- find out how to get me there, um, email, phone, or if you're driving around in the car right now, 314-275-0314. In just a couple minutes, I will be available <laughs> to, <Awesome. laughs> to talk. Uh, Good. Call or text on that. Yeah. Good. Awesome. And that wraps up our show for this week. Thank you for joining us for HomeWise. That's Michael Midget. I'm Stout Bonticas. It's been a pleasure joining you, and we uh, hope you'll join us again next week for another edition of HomeWise. Loans and loan information provided by Shelter Mortgage, Inc. Visit us at GoShelter.com and MLS number 192609, a Missouri residential mortgage licensee and equal housing lender. Call 888-497-2558 for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply.